welcome back and let's look at this at this time the sermon for this evening knowing our enemy <clears throat> well we've seen his purpose over two weeks in the 16 deadly days we now see his past violations this is what we're looking at today he's being as a being he's beginning and maybe his background we'll get to today Lord willing, time permitting. If you asked a non-Christian, a non-believer, if Satan is real, what do you think the answer might be? Probably, no. Who's that? Not even knowing that they're his children at the time they answer you. Satan probably could not be proved to the man who refuses to accept the evidence of the scripture because this is where we're told about who he is, what he's up to. Christians are wise to these things or should be wise to these things. As you look around, there's scarcely a culture, a tribe, a nation or a society found in this world that doesn't have a inbuilt fear of something or someone, of an invisible evil power. Uh, this has been attested to by Christian missionaries and secular philosophy, philosophers as they go out and uh, they see the behaviour of people, the macabre, the wicked behaviour of people. They say, well, what's going on here? Well, recognise there is a devil. Huh. Psychologists don't recognise it. And so they find an uphill battle because they don't know what's really going on behind the scenes. There's witch doctors, there's shrunken heads, there's voodoo dolls, totem poles. Universally, there is a fear of this evil one. Uh, <clears throat> in Western society, what do we have? We have regularly in our newspapers, I don't know if it's still there, I haven't bought one for a long time, but about the, uh, the stars, what do you call it, Astro astrology, that um, people look up and look up their sign or whatever, and this is going to happen to me today because the sign says so. Well, it's evil. It's of the devil. Crystal balls, seances, witchcraft that's practised. And we don't know what's going on, but it's going on all right in our own society, in our own towns, in our country towns it's happening. I remember once I was working for a chap putting a dam in down at Cadinia, and... Um, <clears throat> I had something broke down. I had to go and use a phone. Didn't have mobiles in those days, and so I went into the house, and I didn't know I'd entered into the witch's house, <laughs> and all the stuff that was in there. Wow, <laughs> this is for real. It's happening. To meet them outside the house, you wouldn't know, and I didn't declare it. But uh, these things, one may well ask, where this fear, these, these behaviours, and these things that people do come from to, toward whom is it directed so it's directed it comes from an, a being that has existed for a long time and he's invisible he's being according to men and to god's word he does exist his existence is doubted by the world they make a joke of the devil but notice they use the Lord's name in vain. When something goes wrong, they don't say, oh, devil. They use God's name in vain. Ah, a devil's at it again. 
He's causing these things to go on. So they, his existence is doubted by the word. If you don't know or doubt that there is a devil, then you're going to be hoodwinked by him, good and proper. His existence is denied by liberals in churches and apostates, those who are staying in the church but, have a, but say they're believing and they're not believing at all. <clears throat> Way back in 1950 in America, a poll was taken of 5,000 clergymen. And the response was that 73% of the clergymen in 1950, mind you, didn't believe in a devil. What would it be like today? I think it would be way under 10% that did believe in a devil. Only those that believe the Bible and read the Bible and take it literally believe in a devil. Because it tells us very clearly and shows us all the examples that, and what he's done down through history. Personal devil. So his existence is denied by liberals and apostates. His existence is downplayed by many believing Christians. Don't do that. Because if you don't know your enemy, you're bound to be tricked by him and taken in by him. He's a roaring lion. Or, or, or he comes to you as an angel of light. And he's in the pulpits of churches through people that appear to be the ministers of the gospel are the ministers of satan it tells us clearly in second corinthians that that is so so his existence is downplayed as shown even by the silence of more conservative pulpits even bible believing pastors and lay people it would seem extremely relevant to give the devil his due because the bible does you know, if you were the devil, what would you try to do so that you could get and influence people? You would get people to deny your existence and then you've got free reign. You can do as you want. Go about your business unheeded, unhindered and unchecked. And so it could be in the lives of people that are Christians, let's put the dittos on that one, that they downplay the, his existence or say he doesn't have that much influence fourthly his existence is declared by the bible at least seven clear times in the old testament in seven old testament books sorry not seven times seven times or seven books it's, he's clearly de declared to be a being in the new testament 19 times Clearly in books he's referred to. And listen to this. And every writer in the New Testament declared him to be a being. To be alive. To be a wicked influence. Matthew refers to him. In Matthew 4 verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Now that's as plain as you can get it. So Matthew declared that. And the Lord Jesus was combating him, being tempted by him. Mark refers to him in Mark 5.15. <clears throat> and they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid and asked the Lord Jesus to depart from their borders. You know, who is this Jesus that can make this man that we couldn't bind, we couldn't keep, we were scared of, make him sit? Be sound and in his right mind. 
he must be powerful. And they asked him to move off their borders. Later he came back. But Luke referred to him. Then Satan entered into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. Satan entered into Judas. Was Judas a believer? Never. No. He put it on. He acted it. And he had, the devil possessed him and caused him to be a traitor to the Lord Jesus. John refers to him. He, and this is John, 1 John 3, 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of Man of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Three times in that, those verses there. That verse. <laughs> the devil is mentioned by John. Paul refers to him in Romans 16.20. And these are only a few of the references that they refer to him in. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Praise God. He'd be under our feet, but we know that he's under the feet, the heel of the Lord Jesus, as Genesis 3.15 has said. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. So Paul referred to him in his He's probably, well, he wrote most of the epistles of the New Testament. He knew what he was talking about. He knew that the smelly breath of Satan breathing down his neck so many times as he was hunted all over the world and hated by so many. They called themselves believers. Paul knew of the devil. Peter refers to him as we read in 1 Peter 5.8 Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. James referred to him in James 4.7 Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Jude referred to him in Jude verse 9, just a one chapter book. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil... He disputed about the body of Moses and does not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. He's, met, he's mentioned many times by the Lord Jesus Christ. Some 15 times the devil is mentioned. We've spoken already about Matthew 4 verse 1 and just taking a few of those 15 in Matthew 4.10. Then Jesus said unto him, Get thee hence, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And then in Matthew 16, 23, the Lord said, He turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Whoa, that knocked Peter for a six. Thou art an offence unto me, for thou savourest not the things that be of God, but those things that be of men. In Matthew 25, 41, the Lord said, then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And each of these give a little more insight into the devil as the Lord spoke about that. Hell? Who is it prepared for? The devil and his angels? And maybe we'll get to it later, but hell has been enlarged according to the Old Testament. Why? Because many stay unbelieving and will be in hell forever with the devil and his angels but it's only prepared for the devil and his angels god did not prepare hell for man but it's had to be enlarged because people will not believe and their disobedience to the gospel sends them to hell 
It won't be God. It's their own unbelief that sends them there. And in verse uh, 18 of Luke 10, And he said unto them, Jesus again speaking, Behold, Satan as lightning falling from heaven. John 8, 44. Ye are of your father the devil, the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, <clears throat> he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And in John six seventy, Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you, you twelve, and one of you is a devil, Judas? Uh, Luke twenty-two thirty-one. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Thus, to deny, as liberals do and so-called Christians do and apostates do and the world does, to deny the personality of Satan and his being is to deny, deny both the statements of Scripture and the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the very Son of God, who actually created the devil. Ah, no, created the son of the morning. Let's be correct. Not pedantic about it, but it, uh, it has to be. He didn't create him, the devil. This being has, like any being, like God and like humans, a will. He has emotions. He has intellect. He has desires. He's not a creature that will be done away with. He's a creature that will be Punished for eternity for his sins. He isn't like we picture in a, a fire-breathing dragon like the artists portray him. He's not an individual with a, a tail with, a, with an arrowhead on the end of it and with a pitchfork and dressed in red. That's what we, we get in our mind because you know what? The Bible tells us that he's an angel of light. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 14. He comes masqueraded as a nice bloke. In the very near future, the world and all its leaders are going to be hoodwinked by the devil's man, the Antichrist. He's going to come and lay it on thick. He's going to do some miracles. He's going to have a deadly wound healed. And the world will worship him. Why wouldn't they worship the Lord Jesus when he did all the miracles and went about doing good when he came? But they'll believe the devil and they'll install him as their, he's the saviour of the world. Let's put him into place in authority. And he becomes such a dictator and so wicked, you couldn't think of more evil things. You couldn't even think of them. But he will bring that upon the world. No, let's not have an artist picture in our mind of this being. He's wicked and he's woeful. Let's see his beginning. Where did he start? What is the origin of Satan? And I've been asked this question, and you may have been asked this question by those who are out there who are unbelieving and cynics. All right, if your God is so wise and good, then why did he create the devil? And if he's so powerful and omnipotent, why doesn't he destroy the devil? Well, to the first question... Why did he create the devil? He didn't create the devil. 
And we'll see, we'll look at that. And why doesn't he destroy him? Well, you haven't read your Bible. Read Revelation, chapter 19 and 20. He will. He's letting things run their course. He's letting it run their course to see who will willingly choose to follow the Lord. So, who created originally the son of the morning, as he is called? Well, Colossians 1, verse 16 to 18, read this. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. So who created originally? The devil. The Lord did. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. It's held together by the Lord who created all these things. So who created all things? The Lord. As Psalm 148 reads in verse 2. Praise ye him all ye his angels. Praise him all ye stars of light. Let them praise the name of the Lord for he commanded and they were created. That says it plainly. All angels were created by the Lord. When was the devil and his demons created? Let's go to the book of Job. Tucked away here when the Lord replied to Job after the three miserable friends couldn't give an answer to his suffering and problem, the Lord came on the scene and spoke. In chapter 38 of the book of Job, and just a couple of verses, 6 and 7, Wherefore are its foundations fastened? Job, sit up and tell me. If you think you know everything, you counsellors, if you know everything, tell me. Where, were the world, where was the world fastened on? Or who laid the cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. How many of the sons of God who were angels shouted for joy? All of them. All of them. So... He was created before creation that we know of, of the world. Because they're already going and existing. And when God created it, they're all shouting for joy <laughs> at his wonderful creation, the universe, and this world that is created. So don't forget that. They and he, the angels and Satan and demons, all of them, because they were all angels at that time, was created sometime before creation. How long before? The Bible doesn't say. Never found it. I don't, I, I don't believe it's there. Ask the Lord when we get there, if you want. Well, who created him? The Lord. When? Prior to the creation of the world, according to that verse. Why were they created? Well, we've already read that. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, 18, they... All things were created by him and for him. All angels, originally, they were serving the Lord and were created for him and by him. In the book of Psalms that we read, Psalm 148, verse 2 and 5. Praise ye him, all ye angels, praise him, all ye stars of light. Let them praise the name of the Lord. What were they to do? Praise his name. What are we to do? 
Praise his name. We're created for a purpose, a reason. God didn't just do it for nothing. He, he's done it all for a reason. And, and Revelation 4 verse 11, you could look at that one as well. So we've seen he is a being. He is alive. Well and truly, though the world and people deny it. We see he's beginning. He was created, a created being. They didn't procreate. Angels didn't have children. There's no little angels getting around. Never has been. They were created and they, they were in the presence of God. Man was created and we had his presence come visit with us and then we, then we sinned. Adam and Eve did. We can be brought back from the slave market of sin. We can be saved. Angels cannot. So we see his being, his beginning, and now his background. Let's turn to that portion of scripture that if you've studied the word, you'll know it. Ezekiel 28. 28. In this book, Ezekiel predicts the coming judgment upon Tyra in chapters 26 and 27. And the first part of chapter 28, this is the coming destruction of Tyra. <clears throat> this has been fulfilled already. It was sacked by Nebuchadnezzar in 573, a little bit before Jerusalem was. And later it was destroyed by Alexandra in 332 BC. During the second half of chapter 28, the scene changes or the, top, the topic is the same but the likeness is absolutely without doubt, not referring to the king of Tyre anymore, but Satan. Satan himself describes for us the judgment of this vile and vicious non-human creature. Ezekiel 28 and verse 11, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyre, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Thy precious, every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, and the gold, and the workmanship of thy tabrets, of thy pipes, was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Thou art the anointed cherub, this is without doubt referring to an angelic, a fallen angelic being that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created, till iniquity was found in thee. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned, therefore I will cast thee out. And so you have the story, the beginning, his background. His residence, where was he? Some have tried to speculate that Ezekiel had Adam in mind, but it's nothing. Adam wasn't dressed like this. Neither did he have flutes and so forth in him. Uh, the Genesis account nowhere speaks of this. Uh, this man, this, well, this being is set, beset with all these precious stones and fitted with beautiful settings of fine gold. And so we see his residence was in heaven in the midst of the fire as he walked up and down there in, in that before he fell. He was the covering cherub. 
So we could speak of his regal position or his reign, what he was created for. In verse 12 that we read, indicates that Satan was very sum total of wisdom and beauty. Reminds me a bit of Solomon. You know, what did he ask for? He asked for wisdom, he got it. But he messed up. He messed up. And he wrote the, the commiserations in Ecclesiastics and Song of Solomon about that. Here's one that was created perfect and had all wisdom and beauty. None come so close to him or rivaled him in these areas. Satan was not only a wise creature, but also the master musician. In verse 13 there, you've been in Eden, the garden of God, and every precious stone was a covering. And where was it? The, the uh, flutes, yes, the tabrets and the flutes were prepared in thee. He's a master musician. And remember that in relation to music. Satan knows how to use and abuse music and it's coming to the church full on. Even once conservative churches have fallen victim to the old devil and his use of music to corrupt the people of God and the church of the Lord. Terribly so. So he was a very musical individual. That was created in him in the day of his creation. He may have been the choir director of heaven Looking forward to being in the choir up there, but he won't be the leader. He'll be, he'll be locked up. Ezekiel 38, 14 that we've read. Satan was a beautiful cherub. Satan was created, this beautiful cherub, the angel. Satan's distinct purpose was to cover the throne of God, as it mentions there in, in verse 14. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. It's like the cherubim that covered the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies. And, and covered and he, this is where he was C can you imagine being in the very presence of God being given that position by creation by God himself the, 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 the top position the top position he had the anointed cherub that covereth he was supposed to be the covering and we find a clue in Exodus 25:15 about the covering of the ark and the mercy seat now we see his revolt so we've seen his being, his regal position, his residence, and now his revolt and rebellion. Remember the statement where we started with, you know, did God create the devil? Why did God create the devil? Well, he didn't. Will he destroy the devil? Yes, he will, but not right now. If your God is so wise and good, then why did he create such a one? He didn't. This evil, this revolt, this rebellion that this being got involved with was from his own heart. Yeah, I'd believe in free will. Free will of the angels and free will of man. And he chose. God wants volunteers, not conscripts, in his army in those that serve and minister for him. So where did all sin and rebellion begin? Right at the throne of God, in the heart of the devil. Oh, with man it began in the garden of Eden. But it really originated because there would be no serpent there if Satan hadn't already fell in tempting, tempting Eve and Adam to sin. 
So he had fallen previously. And the heart, did God know? Yeah, he knew where Satan's heart was. He knew when that, the, that desire to take over the throne and to topple God and to become the supreme being, which he couldn't, <laughs> came from. God created a perfect being. Satan chose. He has a will. He's a being, like we are beings. We have a will. We won't be able to say when we get out into eternity, well, God, you didn't show me. God, you didn't give me a chance. Hey, you had a will to find a Bible and read it. You had a will to choose to follow and believe, but as many as received him, whosoever will believe. Do you think God's re uh, Satan's revolt took God by surprise? No. <laughs> Beautiful and talented as God made him. Equipped to glorify God. However, Satan's beauty and wisdom went to his head. His heart was lifted up with pride, as we read in verse 17. Did we go that far? Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. This reminds me of so many people. They might have beauty in their physical body. They use it for themselves. They pride themselves in, look how good I am. The movie stars and all of Hollywood go on and on about this. They deck themselves out. There's a scriptural term. These people deck themselves out and say, look at me, aren't I wonderful? Who created them? Who had them with the talents and abilities and looks that they have? God. All our members were written before there was any of them. And that goes for everybody. Satan, all these things were written of him. He was perfect in beauty. He's corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. Oh, how many people will be in hell because of what they look like, because of the talents they had, and they couldn't get around it. This is mine. I did this. What have we that we did not receive, the Bible tells us? Tells us. It's all been given to us as a gift from God. And so he's lifted up. Pride, pride, pride. The pride of man bringeth a snare. So he decided to. he should get some of the glory. He said, I will. Let's go to the book of Isaiah now. So <clears throat> remember these ones. Isaiah is before Ezekiel. 14th chapter. Double 14 and you get to the next one is in Ezekiel 28. And so it's easy to, to find these references. Verse 12 of chapter 14 of Isaiah. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? How art thou cut down to the ground and didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation and the sides of the north. I will ascend above the kites of the clouds. I will be like the most high. You know, there's a religion, Mormons, that say they become gods. That's exactly what the devil said he would. I'll be like the most high. So we see his five I wills here. This gives us the idea, the, uh, the understanding in Satan's mind at the time. He was determined to take God's place to receive the glory. Satan's aspiration are best seen in his five I wills that we've just read. I will ascend into the third heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned in the sides of the north. I will ascend above. Mark them in your Bible and you can find them real easily. 
I'll ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. This is his great rebellion and revolt against God. But let's go back to Ezekiel 28 and see God's six I wills against him. God's response in Isaiah, I mean, Ezekiel 28 and verse 16. And the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. I will, said God, destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. You're going to get chucked out. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wit by Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will, said God, cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings and they may behold thee. That hasn't happened, but it's going to read Revelation. <clears throat> Verse 18, thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic, Therefore I will bring thee forth, bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. There's another I will. I will bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee. And the last, the sixth I will, I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. Won't it be a wonderful day when we as Christians have been taken up in the rapture, have been judged by the Lord at the Bema seat and return with the Lord, the saints with him. It says that. It says that, riding white horses, dressed in white. We will come with him, and if we're with him, we must have gone up to be with him sometime. Of course, <laughs> we're raptured into his presence, and we come, <clears throat> and we see the Lord deal by the sword of his mouth with the old devil and his cohorts and the armies of, that he's an, assembled at Armageddon, and he destroys them with the word of his mouth, obliterates them. And to think, you know, a person... The devil or a person that thinks they can take God on don't know who God is. Don't understand his omnipotence, his power. And so here, <clears throat> Satan has said that, by God, I'm going to deal with you and you're going to be before men and kings. I think Satan will be taken on first by the Lord and then the kings of the world will, ah, oh, no, our leader has gone. <laughs> well, what a wonderful occasion that that will be when this happens. And so the battle lines are drawn. Our time has run out. We need to know our enemy. We look at his, his um, being, his beginning, his residence, his regality, his reign, his revolt, and his ruin. Brought low, brought to the dust of the ground. <laughs> I like that. Ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. And then all the people will look upon the Lord, the sheep and the goats of the book of Matthew 24 and 25. The armies of Armageddon will say they lead a done in down to the dirt. You know, in the Old Testament, when there was a battle that was raging and the nations fought, that the victorious king would put his foot upon the neck of the enemy and hold a sword victorious. 
the Lord is going to do it. I look forward to that day for all the times the devil has tempted me, all the things that he's thrown at us, every one of us, all the darts of the wicked one. One day he will get his due and we'll be there to enjoy the death of the, well, not the eternal punishment, the beginning of the punishment of the devil. The battle lines are drawn. Satan says, I will be like the Most High. God says, I'll cast you out of heaven and destroy you. The stage is now being set for the conflict of the ages to come to a head and we're drawing close to it. The great spiritual war between God and Satan. The battleground being the world. The prize being the souls of men. The victor being God and his faithful. The Lord Jesus and his faithful. The victim, man and his fate who continue to follow the devil. All these have Bible verses. The vanquished will be Satan and his followers. Let's read it. Let's be sure that this is Bible. Book of Revelation chapter 20 verses 1 and 3. And let's shout for victory that's coming. The victory of the cross. He's beat the devil. He's stood on him and stomped him. <laughs> Satan has bitten the heel of the Lord, but the Lord has put his foot on the neck of Satan. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, the old serpent, who is the devil and Satan, ah, no missing who he is, and bound him a thousand years, cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up, and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. I think that's pretty plain, isn't it? An angel comes, grabs a hold of the old devil, throws him in the pit for a thousand years, until the thousand years are finished, he's not going to be able to tempt the nations anymore. As she be fulfilled after this, he must be loosed for a little season. It's chronological, in order that this happens. And then chapters 20 and verse 7 and 10. And when the thousand years have expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. Because while he's been locked up for a thousand years, the millennium has run its course. Millennium a thousand. And there have been people born to the mortals that went through the tribulation were believers. Children been born and born and born for a thousand years. We've had 2,000 years of church history. You think back a thousand years, what was going on? Well, a lot transpires in that time. And because of no sickness and no ill health and, and no bugs and no thistles and thorns, all that's gone for the millennium hasn't been. The, the population just will explode. And so at the end of that time, Satan's loosed to see what those born during that time of their own free will will do. Will they follow the benevolent Lord Jesus Christ who has been reigning for a thousand years? Will they follow the devil? And lo, behold, they follow the devil. And you know, it's from Gog and Magog, the ones that come down on Israel in the near future along with other others, to Gomer and others, they are the ones that are mentioned as people from that nation following the devil when he's loosed. Can you imagine how mad the devil will be? He's been cooked for a thousand years. He's been in the fire. Everything will be taken from him. Now he's loosed and he goes out with vengeance. He goes out to get as many as he can. And the city of the saints, Jerusalem, 
on earth will be surrounded by the devil, but the Lord again will obliterate. He doesn't learn, does he? He, he can be in hell for a thousand years and still not learn a lesson. He will be vanquished. The Lord will be victorious. You know, it's no wonder that God hates pride and the proud. As we go back and think of that, that's what Isaiah and Ezekiel was talking about. This being was exalted by his pride and his arrogance and his willfulness and his wantonness to rebel against his creator. Will God destroy the devil? Yes. But things are running their course and everybody is getting the choice. Nobody will be able to say, God just threw me into hell and I didn't get a choice. Contrary to the scriptures, Matthew 25, 41, unto those on his left hand, Jesus said, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire. Those that rebel and reject when Jesus comes and is still alive, they're rejected, they're the goats. And it says there that hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. I've got some thoughts about that. What made the devil rise in his heart to say, I'm going to take over God's throne? Did he hear whispers about man being created and there was going to be another being that had competition with him and one day would be exalted? Were the plans sort of the blueprints revealed? I don't know. It doesn't say in scripture. But certainly those that are Satan and his followers were cast into that place, as I mentioned earlier, that's prepared for the devil and his angels. God does not want you, nobody, to go to hell. He didn't prepare hell for them. He prepared it for the devil and his angels. Always remember that. God wants you to be saved. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Have you repented? Have you come to the Lord Jesus? Are you going on in your own pride? Are you saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it. No, you're not. It's appointed unto man once to die. And after that, the judgment. What have you done with the Lord Jesus? Rejected or believed in him? I pray that you believe. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your warning about this wicked, evil being that was created perfect but rebelled, still has his beauty, can turn on the charm, can stand in pulpits, can have his ministers, deceiving the world and the leaders of the world to follow him by his superman antichrist O lord we need to remove the veil upon our eyes and see the reality of this and we are as it were the meat in the sandwich there's a battle raging for our souls may we give allegiance to the lord jesus and bow and bend the knee in humility accept our savior we cannot save ourselves but he can. Bless the message to the hearts of the hearers today, for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.